Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Fiscal Frisk. I'm your host, Zach Hunter. I know what you guys are thinking. That intro music was so good, he only must be on title. Nope. That's our good buddy, Chase Drew, and you can listen to him everywhere that you listen to your music, so make sure you go check him out. Big Chase. To my right, even though you can't see us, I have my right-hand man. And Devin, I'm going to start today with asking you a question. What's the number one album of all time? Rumors. Fleetwood Mac. So not only does Devin have a great taste in music, but he also hosts his own podcast called the Health Science Podcast, Ooh. where he will direct you and me through the scary world of health science and what it means to us. So go check him out every Thursday morning. Thank you, sir. No problem. Was that a good plug? That was good. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> Rumors is the greatest album of all time. Don't there's get no it debate twisted. There. Yeah, there's yeah. no debate. We love some Fleetwood <laughs> Mac. All right. So now I have some house cleaning items for today. Uh, it is now August. So as you guys know, Devin and I, uh, we're, we're starting to get ready back for the grind of school. And I've been working a lot lately, some 45, 50 hour work weeks. So we're finding it hard to record kind of four podcasts in a week, two for mine and two for Devin's, mm -hmm. edit it, keep posting on a regular schedule. So with that kind of being hard for us to keep up with, uh, we're switching just to once a week just to make it easier for us because it's hard and life kind of honestly, gets in the way. And honestly, yeah, writing scripts takes a while because you have to read the paper. You don't actually just kind of skim it. You yeah, have exactly. to understand it. Yep. You have to look at the methods, all the conclusions, have the discussion topics, make sure it's relevant, write it all out. It, it takes a lot. So yeah. <laughs> to a week <laughs> seems like not much but it's a lot it is and then um you know when we have to record four in a week uh if we don't have enough time then sometimes zero get done in a week yeah. so if we're just able just to do one a week we can actually guarantee that and then go on a regular schedule so that's going to be kind of what we're going to be doing from uh, moving forward thursdays right thursday morning for both the podcasts yeah, so yep. both of us so make sure you go check out devin on his and you're here now so you're obviously on mine fiscal frisk fiscal frisk uh the second thing is kind of the focus and my shift on my podcast i want the topics to kind of be relevant in today's business climate and kind of bring information that'll be relevant today for you guys so even though my passion has been more geared towards like policy regarding fiscal or monetary ideas I'm going to kind of be changing the sh my, the focus of this podcast and try to cover more relevant topics in today's business, uh, just in general. So I hope you guys will enjoy that change with me. And I will leave my contact in the description, as always, for people's comments, concerns, or requests mm -hmm. for the podcast. So feel free to reach out to me moving forward. I want to make this podcast as welcoming and a good community as possible. So uh, let's grow this together and let's make this a beautiful thing. All right. Now that the housekeeping's done, let's get into today's podcast. For those who are new to the podcast, welcome. The Fiscal Frisk is a podcast dedicated into taking literature relating in today's business and frisking it down into terms that we can all understand. Devin's here just to seek clarification and ask questions when needed. Uh, so a big shout out today to a good buddy and coworker of mine, Taylor Wilson, for the recommendation for today's topic. If you know me personally, you know when I'm not here recording at the, for the Fiscal Frisk or golfing. Or golfing. I, <laughs> I work at a financial institution and I was talking to my buddy Wilson about the pandemic and lots of our customers uh, have come in and kind of talked about how businesses and vendors are no longer accepting cash as a legal tender and, or like they just don't need cash as much. Like we can just see cash is coming in and out of the banks a lot more frequently than mm -hmm. uh, pre-COVID. And it led us to, uh, you know, kind of the question and we just speculated on a bit kind of what the world would look like if uh, just like Canada or a country or the whole world uh, became a cashless society. 
Cashless. Yeah. So, which brings us in today's article where we're going to explore the idea of what a cashless society would look like and if this is a possible solution for the future and kind of the benefits and the drawbacks of not having currencies. Can you imagine all of us having to get the cash app. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, Jar. literally, Roddy Rich and Roddy like, Rich. got the cash app. The cash app. And, like, literally, <laughs> everyone has the cash app. Whole <laughs> country. You have to. You literally have to. <laughs> so, the article for today is called Coronavirus and Cashless Society. We can't leave the most vulnerable behind. Now, Devin, if I were to ask for your wallet right now, do you have any cash in it? Um, I did yesterday, but I, I gave it to the old man for some gas. So, I do not have cash. And I know I don't. So most of the time, most I don't. of the, yeah. So yeah. most of the time yeah. I don't, I know that you don't. So I'm really glad that you didn't because no. that was a lead on question. So thank that was God it. you did. <laughs> uh, and a lot of people are experiencing this. And even before COVID-19, we have seen a transition from cash to digital payment options. And now specifically to the pandemic, um, it's about removing touch from our interactions and transactions. It kind of has become a necessity uh, <laughs> like a necessary measure to try and contain the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, now, there's no formal links between cash and COVID-19 transmission, uh, but like amongst the pandemic, a lot of businesses have chose to ask customers to try to make contactless payments where possible, either through tap or mobile services such as Apple Pay, Android Pay, all the cash app, all that fun stuff. And as we've seen, companies such as Visa and financial institutions and other payment services have made it easier for contactless payments by easing transactions uh, like such as an increase in contactless uh, payment limits. So example is like Visa has increased in the UK their limits from $30 to $45. And in Canada, we have a $200 tap limit. Uh, for a day so it's pretty like pretty easy guidelines to when follow I, i've no i've i've myself i've heard more commercials like visa and i they the line that always stuck out to me was unlimited contactless payments yeah right they're just pushing that pushing yeah, well that, that's pushing where it's that. all going right because like i would say a decent chunk of people um what most like especially like me working at bank what i see personally is people will come about once a week and will take out like a certain amount of money and that'll be their money for the week. Like that'll be their budget. And obviously like, you know, you go to the variety store, you pick up whatever one thing, like if you use your debit card, that counts as a transaction. So a lot of our bank accounts, like you might only get 12, 15 transactions within a 30 day period. Which was weird because honestly, I've always had unlimited transactions on everything. Students have always had unlimited transactions, but when you get older... On, on top of that is like we do it when we go golfing too is not only do we use the contactless payments we'll have one person go in and pay for everybody yeah. and then we'll all e-transfer yeah. that person you know our our portion of the money too so mm-hmm. not only contactless for the you know touching your card but taking that a step further too yeah exactly and again just minimizing the risk and the spread of everything which it just it makes which, sense yeah. it's just a cautionary thing and obviously yep. it's funny is the discussion before this was about convenience right it's just easier well and so that's now we're now we're switching that it's a necessity but it's right. also easier yeah. so it's so it's, it's, it's kind of it, <laughs> yeah is it pushing it to even be easier yeah and that's one of the main benefits and we'll talk about that in a little bit so what they did uh, the authors took a study um like well they referenced a study and what we're going to talk about is the uk for right now it's one of the it's one of like the leading countries that would actually prefer to go cashless right now like they're like in like the uh, kind of first steps of that and a recent survey only found that 12 percent of uk citizens prefer cash 
So only 12% of people would rather have cash than a contactless payment option. So that's so only 12% prefer cash. Mm -hmm. And, but like, this is where I kind of don't understand the study. And like, again, they referenced it. I took a quick look and it's not like the study had a lot of like weird methodology. So I'm not going to get really into it. It said only 50% of uh, people and this is pre COVID numbers said that they prefer cashless payments. So I don't know what the other, whatever 28% do. I don't know if they're, they're just like, they don't care about what option they use, but it might be an indifferent only, one. Yeah. So I think it's indifferent. Yeah. It's probably then, that they don't care. Yeah. And then they asked those same people in the survey and 9% people increased, uh, like their cashless payment, like contactless payments. So now to 59%, which I thought it would be low, but like, as we'll see in the, um, like I'll say this in a little bit is like the U S is way lower. It's only 59% for UK. Is like you like again? No, it's like only sixty percent. Like that's are using contactless con on daily. Well, prefer or prefer it, yeah. yeah. But like, and this is just like light numbers post COVID. So of like the nine percent increase, like I think if you did it now, it would be a significantly higher I'd increase. Yeah. Uh, so they took this a step further. Uh, some other notable countries for the study uh, for Europe, like they specifically talked about Europe, and then we're gonna go worldwide after this. Uh, UK was the highest with fifty nine percent. Netherlands, 57%, and France with 52%. Um, obviously, these are all just notable because over one half of people prefer uh, all transactions are done contactless. And again, these are all pre-COVID numbers. Uh, across the world, the highest level of contactless payments, uh, of course, China is number one, 90%, which is wildly high. 90% of all transactions within that country are done contactless. Uh, but I like, again, I think of all my transactions and within the last two years, uh, everything I do is contactless. The only time I need cash is when we go to the bar. That's pretty much all that, like when I need my cash. Yeah. Other than that, I don't carry yeah, cash. If you I bought don't have something cash. on Kijiji, like those are the only situations you could really see that. But even then, like I still like, like whenever, like I sold my books, like most people would just e-transfer me or like, that's anything true. like that. Yeah, so like I, even well. that I didn't even use cash uh so china 90 percent, singapore 85 percent, australia 78 percent um and then the interesting stat which they took from the u.s so again australia singapore like china and singapore i understand australia i thought was also very high almost 80 percent. so four out of five people uh prefer contactless payments which that's really high. Like if you actually took like, you know, if you take their uh, GDP or whatever and you take like 80% of that or like how much cash is printed and like say like, again, only 20% of that is actually used and the other percent is contactless, like cash is pretty irrelevant. Yeah. Which yeah. is, which is but a wild thing because cash, like people think like, you know, cash is like just like it's face value or whatever, but like cash is very expensive to keep and it's very expensive expensive to stores and we'll talk about this in a little bit like yeah like the transactions cost like all of that type of stuff it is very expensive to hold cash and to have cash so yeah, and like you know i think people don't even look at how much just it takes to make it like yeah that's why they got rid of the penny because it costs more than a penny to make the damn penny <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually like it was, it was more expensive for the government to even just have it yeah but i guess compared to compared to contactless you could make the argument that any level of currency is too expensive to have 
Yeah. Well, and that is <laughs> one of the main arguments is, is it just way too expensive? Mm. Uh, so the interesting stat that I said that we we're going to talk about, about the U S is, uh, less than four out of 10 people. So less than 40%, it was 38%, uh, have contactless methods for payment before the pandemic. Mm, see, that's the number so that's, that's what I'm thinking is yeah. like, maybe, maybe Australia is just ahead of the curve. Like, yeah. do they have any age numbers? Cause I can only imagine like the people that really don't want to get onto it are, are people that have never used a smartphone people mm -hmm. that don't right there might be some some kind of barriers for that so that's why to me like the australia is really crazy yeah well and that's why i know right? that like why china would be super ahead of it like you know obviously everyone has access to smartphones so like apple pay yeah. and like all of that stuff so like even just that by itself or like debit cards with tab i think uh, the government in china high. wants that too yeah well again because <laughs> cash is very expensive and then i don't like again i the study says so 38 percent have methods of contactless payment and have it says, them not yeah, prefer them like not prefer like have, able to yeah. yeah and then it says the global average was over 55 percent of people have access to it so really but like, again china if china has over that's true so then like if, you, you should do it by percentage of yeah i don't know if it's percentage country. of country or if percentage it's actual just people. percentage of people yeah. so that but like regardless if it's over 50 percent and that's a lesson in stats that yeah like, if there are a lot of people in a group you know some really really high numbers mm -hmm. it skews the data yeah exactly so it pulls the mean toward in this case so if, say if china's at 90 percent they got most of the population of the earth if you look at the earth in total it'll lean toward whatever direction china's going just because the they've got so many people yeah. and that's well, just an outlier right yeah and this is from OCED which is like the um, highest like economies in the world like it only takes like the top 100 like um, countries with the highest GDPs so this isn't this is like excluding very poor countries like which is a group that would need cash yeah so that's like, kind of dumb. It it's like kind of skewed that way. So again, take that with a grain of salt. I love that. Just of the of the countries that can do contactless, this is this what is percentage does. Like, well, yeah. I I would see right off the bat the main issue with contactless would be whether or not someone could do it. Yeah, and they talk so about it a little bit later people. for Europe. Yeah. <laughs> so like again, like and this is like just specifically talking about countries. Like we're like I'm just speculating on global. So like yeah. that's also just like again. Australia will probably have a way easier time of going cashless than some of these other countries, right? Yeah. Be like, again, if it's 38 compared to 78%, that's a huge, like, that's almost double. It is more than double. So, like, it's, you kind of got to take it like that, too. And, again, all these numbers, like, these, the last little bit, those numbers are all pre-COVID numbers. So, all these yeah. would either be very increasing, like, dramatically increase, or at least a bit of an increase, uh, so yeah. that was kind of it for like the introduction and why that we would need to look at it. And then they, the authors go on to talk about the benefits of a cashless society. And this is what you were saying earlier. The main benefit they put forward is the ease, like the ease, 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 ease of use. Uh, banks, online services, companies, they're always trying to find ways to cut costs and uh, like lure of convenience, use the lure of convenience to retain customers. So which contactless payments do that uh, people kind of lose sense of money and it's kind of easier to spend it when it's on like a, when you like on you're using it on a screen compared yeah. to like actually using cash, obviously. I've got the ones where you can deposit a check by just taking a picture of it now. Yeah. Like that's 
that's a good tool for that transition. Like you were saying to make people go, Hey, I mean, look, mm-hmm. what do I do with my checks? It's like, you can do that too. Yeah. Just pull out your phone. You're done. And boom, right. it's just done. Um, and then like if we're reducing like the number of hoops customers have to jump through to make a purchase. So this is either done through like a one click payment on like Amazon now is super popular or Apple pay because it already has all of your information. I'm on, being on honest. It. I love Apple pay. Yeah. It's literally a saving grace Just for it. Like you tap, tap twice face ID and it's it. like done, done. I ordered a band the- shirt yesterday and it <laughs> was, was it Apple pay. Yeah, it was Apple pay. Cause Less. it was literally just like, like it was like, do you want this shirt? I'm like, add to cards. Like, how do you want to check out? Literally pick Apple pay. And it's like, here, Zach, it'll be sent to your address here in three yeah. days. I'm like, cool. That's it. <laughs> Don't have to fill out anything. Like I remember back in the day, like when I used to order my basketball shoes, like it used to be a process to order online. Yeah. Like I'd find the shoe and then finally like my mom would come downstairs with a credit card and you'd have to put in the credit card number and, then you'd put and like the this billing information, billing information. Would, but it would be the information in the cart. So if your mom's card, like yeah. maybe, I don't know, well, you live at your mom's or your dad. So me. if you, yeah. if you live there, you, you got to put it in where you want it sent versus the address, the person with the card versus, mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be a bit of a process. So then with the signal, so like now with all that, the signal payments can speed up purchases, increase sales and your conversion rates and make it easier for shoppers and businesses. And again, working at a bank, um, I just think of how much money it costs to have money. Like I said, like for us to have a vault to keep a lot of money in or to ship out money or like because banks ship money places to place or like brick yeah, and mortar stores it. like you know you have Brinks and you have all those companies like that's not cheap to have armed security people come in and bring you money take it away yeah. obviously yeah and even for the cost of like the government to have a mint right like the can the canadian government has like our royal mint where we print our money it costs a lot of money to print money put money into circulation take money out of circulation especially canadian money we got some fancy dancy yeah we got the non-rippable holographic stuff yeah um, so just cutting costs alone, getting rid of cash would actually save a lot of money and it causes a lot of ease for consumers. Like again, just strictly just being able to buy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this whole idea is called FinTech, which is just financial tech. And it's just like a model of like different, like a financial model. And it's about building how to build a better financial services for customers than cash would. So this would be a, a, like a lot more achievable when consumers are in a cashless society, because if you don't have a choice, if it's either cash or you use a fintech system, like if you get rid of cash, obviously you have to use fintech. Uh, this is what like one of the main arguments for cryptocurrencies is, is the idea that we don't need cash anymore and we put too much faith into financial systems. And as a consumer, we choose kind of how money operates as a society, as we can see because of the pandemic, uh, like businesses were just like we do not consider cash illegal tender anymore and you need to use contactless payments Mm -hmm. like so just even like that we can change the way that money works right there right um and they took like the the leader of the imf uh there's an estimation that cash uh could like cash use would drop as far as 30 percent post lockdown which is like like, that's very yeah because yeah. again, you don't really like, we already didn't use cash a lot. And during the pandemic, like again, just because of uh, recessionary like precautions and all that stuff, like trying to get money into the economy, a lot of people aren't spending a lot of money right now. Yeah. Or if you are, it's online and non cashless cash payments anyway. And like, I know, like I said, like we only get money when we go to the bar or like when we actually need money. Um, 
I think post COVID, like it's going to, I'm going to go back to the exact same thing I'm doing. I'm not going to use cash. I don't know about you, but like, I don't need it. Yeah, no, there's, there's really no lure to it. I, for me, yeah. Uh, another argument and it's just like, I mean, take it how you want it is it will reduce crime and uh, black market activity because without cash, you pretty much, you would have to like e-transfer your drug dealer which leaves huge <laughs> paper trails and overall like this would like reduce crime going cashless. Can you imagine so. that? All that, all that Tiger King stopped would have that the one guy couldn't have bought that lemur. Yeah. Then he wouldn't have been involved and then he wouldn't have worked with the feds and then, yeah, it would have been just done. Yeah. There we go. You heard it here first. We could have prevented Tiger King by getting rid of cash. I still, I know I still laughed at that so hard because the guy was really salty and he said something about, he's like, yeah, like I, some guy I bought this lemur from some guy and, He's got the lemur next to him in his store, right? And he's yeah. like, he's got a bit, a uh, bit of a bad deal. And I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And that's the leverage that the feds use to get me to start, you know, cooperating with yeah. them. And then they flip over to like, you know, I who was it one of the other guys, the bad guys in it. And he's just like, you know, dang well, it wasn't about no lemur. Like, you know, he had a grudge. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> sorry. All right, now that the Tiger King's done. <laughs> um, so that was kind of the main benefits that they put forward. Uh, this isn't mentioned in the article, but uh, it's a theory that I learned through my political science classes and my economics classes that I kind of wanted to put forth and get your opinion, Devin. Um, and this is more about going global with cashless. Is There's this theory that we call the OCA, which is the optimal currency area which it's the ideology that in a geographical region, it would actually be more beneficial. It would maximize economic efficiency by sharing one common currency. So obviously this was done in the EU by the Euro and like just saying that like, you know, instead of all of us having our own currencies, let's just all go to one because we'll all benefit from that. And as we can see, because of globalization and other factors, um, that maybe it is would be efficient for the whole world to share one common currency. And, you know, we talked a lot on this podcast about like exchange rates and like all of that stuff. And like, if we're able to, like, we don't, if we don't need exchange rates because it doesn't exist because we're all pegged to one currency, yeah. would that save a lot of money because we wouldn't need to put forth monetary policy towards that. We wouldn't need like mm. lots of like policymakers and different people and all it's that. It's a neat right? idea to ponder. I don't know if that would, ever happen no well but then, then like again for the drawbacks just even regulation alone right it's almost impossible to do which is yeah. why like everyone stays away from cryptocurrencies because it's impossible to regulate right but so, yeah even just think of like making sure that everybody's you know like if if all our money is the same and, and i'm paying more taxes in one area of the world like you wouldn't get it it would really stir people up yeah because of just kind of the, the uniformity that would have to happen for it to work. Yeah. Right. I tell you one thing and it's kind of a funny gag. Like I follow, you know, trading and, um, you know, stock pages or whatnot. Everybody jokes about the Forex guys, right? Those guys, what are you going to yeah. trade? Oh, we love Forex. Forex. Like, those guys love <laughs> Forex. That's if we could get rid of those Can guys, you imagine that one currency and they're just yeah. like, Am I a joke to you? Yeah. Like, it's gone. Like, if I have any Forex guys listening to this yeah. podcast, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Yeah, go to, go to another podcast. <laughs> yeah, like, we don't need you here. Uh, so is that a benefit or a drawback? I'll let you decide. I'll let the viewers decide. Uh, like, this obviously wouldn't happen anytime soon. Like, probably not in our lifetime. Because, again, just, like, like regulation and 
everything alone would take so much time and like taxes, like all that. Yeah. But it's very interesting because we are starting to see it done, obviously with like the EU and the Euro, like, could we see that kind of, you know, maybe even come to North America? Like would we peg to the American dollar, like all that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting kind of moving forward. Um, now to move on to the drawbacks, uh, the biggest drawback is like what we said earlier, it assumes people have access to a bank account, a digital wallet or a payment card or a device to support mobile services. Um, again, in the UK alone, approximately 1.5 adults do not have a bank account. So is it fair just to remove them from like, are we isolating them from society? Like not even being able to let them use like money. It's a small amount, but you can't just say that they don't matter. Yeah. Sure. Like just like the ethical needs, right? Like, can you just tell 1.5 million people? And this is just in the UK alone and just be like, Hey guy, you don't like, you can't buy anything. Now your cash means literally nothing and you cannot do anything. I could see it maybe taking off if they had some sort of like incentive or like slight discount. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? If you used online payment, and then reduce the amount of money that the government would have to print. But like, yeah. well, you would you need couldn't like just f- axe hundred one and a half million people off and then yeah. <laughs> do that. No. So like, again, uh, you wouldn't like, a, you would need to give like free bank accounts and like all that other stuff too. Yeah. Right. Cause like you, everyone needs access to it. Like it's just one of those things. Right. Could like, you, could you see it being then if, if people didn't have the option that they needed a bank account, it's like this ridiculous monopoly that like, you know, insurance and pharmaceutical companies have where it's like you, you, you get a car. It's like, well, you need insurance and they know that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you got no bargaining power. Yeah. In the case of that, like what could the banks do if they ever got, they'd have to be regulated to have you too, to make sure that they didn't take advantage mm-hmm. of the fact of this wave of people that needed to get bank accounts, which based. might be good in a sense. Like, again, we come from Canada where we have super tight and hard banking regulations. Like we have like the super five, super six or whatever it is. Yeah. And those are the only ones like other than like credit unions and like online banks, like it needs, like it's all, um, federally ran a lot of red tape. Like it's like so much like, regulation where like again in the states there's not a bank that goes 50 states wide so like if you like you maybe it's we would need tighter regulations maybe that's actually a good thing because then yeah. like you said like maybe another recession yeah, you, wouldn't happen you'd need it if you wanted stuff. to transition but yeah the the um you might be able to get some good regulations to make stuff more safe more fair yeah and um the next kind of drawback that they move forward is um again we talked about this earlier was people rely on cash for their day-to-day uses like lives. Like they don't, if they don't have a bank account, uh, they use physical money to help them regulate their outgoings and to keep a budget. Mm. Cause you know, like I said, a lot of people just come in, they take out cash. That's their fun money for the week. Oh yeah. And then the digital money, put that away. Don't look at it. It's easier to spend. Well, and what we said earlier too, is like about the convenience, it's a positive and it's a benefit, but it's also a drawback because if you have too much convenient, like a card doesn't show you the actual money. Like, you know, you don't see actual money when you spend a card. If you just like one click and I just scan my face, I can spend, like I bought a 625, no, you bought a $625 driver. You know what I mean? And like, you don't actually, that was tough. You don't see the 625 (laughs) bucks. Like you don't see that. Right. So it's just like, Oh, here's my card. Boom. Like you kind of lose like the actual sense of money. And let me tell you again, working at a bank, there are a lot of people not good with their money. So (laughs) 
again, like if you just made, yeah, like <laughs> if they could just tap, 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 tap and pay for items. Like, you know, I just feel like there'd be a huge negative outflow in the banks. Like a lot of more people would be overdrawn, which causes for higher debts and cost to the system because like you would have to write off money pretty much. Uh, and the last thing that I won't get into, cause we talked about a little bit earlier in, um, again, this is like a lot of hypothetical, which I try to stay away from is regulations, uh, regulations. And if you're like in the financial markets or the systems already, you already know how a, a pain in the ass it is for any regulations regarding like fiscal or monetary anything, just because like a, it's hard to regulate anything because like we do not, we're never globally on the same page and someone will always find a way to abuse it. Um, Like it's hard to regulate items such as contactless payments because of rules and regulations such as fraud, cybersecurity. Like if we all went to a cashless society, like Canada's regulations, I'm sure would be a hell of a lot more than uh, like another country. And I, and I could just imagine too, like, and what if, what if we all went contactless? Let's say we live in the future. We all go contactless. Somehow we make it manageable that, you know, every country in the world, most, you could, I will just assume everyone has contactless payment mm-hmm. ready to go. Um, what happens if there's like, um, I don't know. What if there's a, a war or a crooked government? Yeah. All they have to do is doop, 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 type in there. Now you got access to zero dollars. Yeah. No matter how much money, how much resources you had, you don't get them anymore. Yeah. Right. There are a lot of people that kind of save cash um, for a rainy day. Like if there's any emergencies, they need right. cash, whether they keep silver or gold too, they buy that. Like, yeah, no, seriously. There's certain stuff like that. And I'm thinking, like, what if something went wrong and, and the cybersecurity part was what kind of you know, made me think of this. Yeah. It, it, in theory, it'd be pretty easy to shut down the whole world if we were all on the same platform. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's the scary thing. That's terrifying in a sense. Right? <laughs> so again, like, and this is just regulations and we don't even have like the closest thing that we would have to a governing body is like a thing like the IMF or the WTO, which they're not even completely global. Like they're a governing oversight body, but like, you know, out of the however many countries there are, like they still only have like 180, 185. Like if us, if you don't have every country on board, like how can you make it a global? Yeah, it's all or none. There's no gray zone. Yeah. Um, so, and then again, just like to kind of reiterate and like the final statement is in most thing, like most things related to business is that there always will be like winners and losers and countries and groups will find a way to profit at others' expenses. Like, you know, like if the U.S. took charge and like they would profit from like making countries pay for like a contactless system, but like make them not do cash or like something of that extent. Like there's always winners and losers when it comes to business. Like that's just kind of how it is. Some proprietary security technology. Yeah. Like no matter what, like, you know, and like sometimes like there's winners and less winners, but like most of the times it's winners and losers. So how like it's kind of hard to say we'd force people to do that. Um, so I think that's a good place to end. Uh, Devin, do you have any parting words, questions, or thoughts? No, honestly, it's it's kind of hard to speculate without sounding like an idiot because it's like you really just there'd be so much stuff that would have to change. It's like it's it's hard to think. It's it's a mm-hmm. good topic to think about, but it's like I I couldn't add any <laughs> anything yeah. to it because it's like it, you have no clue what it would look like. It's yeah. so different, but it's a neat topic, and you know we're kind of seeing it play out in small scale with COVID, um, you know, not, not 
forcibly, I guess, like not everyone. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah. Well, and I think it's starting to question the legitimacy of cash, you know, like a lot of people, like you said, like, well, save cash for a rainy day or like, but so say COVID is that rainy day, people go to go use cash. You can't use cash. So like, is that yeah. questioning like the legitimacy of cash? Well, I, I think, don't know. I think money only works when people want it, right? Like if, yeah. if I said to you, like I got, you know, maybe the transition between a, a trade based kind of thing to, to having, you know, a, a unit of exchange like cash, right? Like if, if I said, well, what can I do with the cash? Yeah. Like nothing. It's like, you got to wait till you get the banks on board. Like it, it is a whole transition that might need to happen, you know, between that and contactless. And it's like, it might just be more of a slow burn. Yeah. And before you know it, we might just 90% of us might be using contactless and we won't even even have to have this debate yeah, because time just kind of pushed us that way. Right. Yeah. Well, and then again, like I'm just very interested to see because of the pandemic, uh, what everything looks like. And there's so many just different factors. Like I know, like even in Canada, right. Our aging demographic, like once yeah. those baby boomers die off, like when we are yeah. in our forties and fifties, like I know I'll still like, we'll still be using Apple pay and our like taps and all that type of stuff. So kind of moving yeah. forward, once we have like that last cash people, <laughs> are not on here anymore and it's just yeah. us like what well, we go to a cashless society so i know that we can live without cash but you know what we can't live without the health science podcast mm. so make sure you go check that out True. every thursday where Devin explains to me and you guys about the scary world of health science so you won't you won't want to miss the next episode because it's a good one as always thanks to my buddy chase drew for allowing me to use his music for the intro so go give my guy some love I have the citation and my contact information in the description, so feel free to read uh, the article itself or to reach out to me for any questions, concerns, or articles you want to cover me for me to cover next. For Devin and I, thanks for listening to the Fiscal Frisk, and have a great day.